Welcome to CLCC Online. We pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We believe that we were meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into the family. Find everything you need at clcc.ca. Enjoy. Well, hello. I am so excited and feeling privileged to be able to share with you today to conclude this series on the book of Ruth. If you don't know me, my name is Noah. Uh, I am the youth and young adults pastor here in Abbotsford, and I just feel like I can't wait to talk to you about Ruth. Now, it's kind of funny. I have always had this affinity for the book of Ruth, and I was thinking about it, and I remember reading this book multiple times growing up. I remember reading Ruth and Jonah. And when I thought about it, the thing that those books have in common is that they're short. (laughs) I think I looked for the shorter books in the Bible so I could go to mom and dad and say, I just read a whole book of the Bible. Now, I probably should have just read 3 John, but anyways, (laughs) I'm just, I love this story. The friendship that Ruth and Naomi display to one another It's one of my favorite biblical friendship stories that Ruth would pack up and follow Naomi into a land that wasn't her own. It's the epitome of loyalty. I also love how Ruth is willing to put herself in this really uncomfortable situation and able to to provide for Naomi, gathering wheat in a field when it was clearly dangerous and vulnerable. I also love the strange and interesting historical cultural components. They're fascinating. When, when Ruth essentially proposes to Boaz by untucking his feet from his blanket, that's all it took. <laughs> My friends who are tuning in who have saved or are currently saving for an engagement ring, wouldn't you appreciate that one, hey? <laughs> a lot easier and definitely a lot cheaper. <laughs> but I love that Ruth and Naomi refuse to leave one another's side. I love the loving kindness and mercy of Boaz that Pastor Jim spoke about last week. There is just so much good to glean from the story. Now, a little something about myself is I am someone who really appreciates the uh, moments in life where things just work out the way they would in a storybook or a movie. My wife kind of bugs me that she says I look at life like it's a romantic movie. But I just love when things come together nicely. I like to call it the happily ever after of life. And this book really fulfills that in me. That sometimes things really do work out. And if you will allow me to spoil the surprise, this story really has a very special happy ending. And I know life doesn't always come together with a perfect pretty bow on it. But stories like this give me hope that we do each get to experience those happy endings in life. So let's go on this journey together this morning. Uh, We have been talking about fresh starts and to be able to have a fresh start, usually something is in need of refreshing, wouldn't you say? Now, Pastor Jim spoke about moving from emptiness to fullness. And maybe you're tuning in today and you're feeling the need of a fresh start, whether that's life, work, family, or faith you're feeling a little unfresh. Well, I, I sometimes when I, when I preach, I like to spoil the surprise. And, and the, the ending to my message is this. And if you come away with anything, I want it to be this. To start fresh, we need to be faithful. 
because faithfulness always returns with blessing. Faithfulness always returns with blessing. I hope you leave today, especially if you are feeling that you're needing that fresh start, that you have the tools, the ability, maybe the boldness to be faithful because it is so very true that our God always returns our faithfulness with blessing. So let's bring you up to speed if you haven't been following along in the last few weeks. Let's recap what we've heard so far. There are three key characters in this story, Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. Now the story begins with an Israelite family that is living in a foreign land, Moab, away from their homeland of Bethlehem. We read that Naomi experiences the tragedy of the passing of her husband. And she has two sons who marry Moabite local women named Ruth and Orpah. Then tragically, Naomi's both of her sons die, leaving Naomi the mother-in-law and her two daughters-in-law all widowed. Are we kind of tracking here? This is how the story begins. And it, to me, this sounds like the unfresh situation <laughs> that's in need of some hope. So Naomi urges these two local Moabites to stay in Moab as Naomi decides to return to her homeland in Bethlehem. And Orpah agrees, but Ruth insists to be loyal to Naomi. She says, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wow, I love that. One of the most profound, amazing stories of loyalty that we find in scripture. So then they find themselves in Bethlehem, Ruth and Naomi, impoverished with low social status. And their first problem is to get some food. So Ruth takes it upon herself to gather the grain in the field. And in doing so, she finds herself in the field of a relative, Boaz, who shows her remarkable kindness, allowing her to be looked after and safe as she gathered her food. Well, it turns out that Boaz is what's called the kinsman redeemer for the family, which is a cultural practice of the day for when the man in the family dies, this family redeemer would marry the widow and take up the land and protect that family, which truly is an amazing concept considering how difficult the life of a widow would have been in that time. Now in the third chapter, Ruth makes her intentions very clear and she would like to proceed with this kinsman redeemer thing. And she, uh, she actually, uh, this is where we find that she removes the blanket from Boaz's feet, which is very romantic. <laughs> and Boaz explains uh, that he would love and be honored to take Ruth and their family as his own. And he also compliments Ruth on her integrity, but there is one little problem. There's another man who is closer related to Ruth, who would maybe we'll say have a uh, first right of, right of first refusal, or maybe the kids would say he gets first dibs. <laughs> but if he decides not to go ahead taking the widow as his own, then Boaz says he would be willing to do so. And that's where we pick up today, chapter four. And honestly, I find this story very suspenseful. I'm curious to see where it goes. So uh, verse one of chapter four says, Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. So Boaz called out to him, come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called 10 leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. 
And Boaz said to the family redeemer, you know, Naomi, who came back from Moab, she's selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) this story got really interesting, hey? Everything that has led to this moment, uh, and now we're on the edge of our seat, this other relative could swoop in here and ruin this picture-perfect story, the storybook ending that we were promised. Well, I do want to pause here. Before we keep reading, I'm going to leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger because I want to highlight something really important from these first four verses. We can really learn something here from the integrity of Boaz. Now, this is man of significant character to go out of his way and essentially offer what he desired for himself to its rightful owner. Think of it like finding a wallet in the parking lot. It would be way easier to take the cash but obviously the right thing to do is the hard work of tracking down its rightful owner. See, integrity is rarely easy, but Boaz goes out of his way to have integrity in this situation. Now, first of all, he goes out of his way to approach this relative, and it's likely that this relative knew about Naomi's return, but had no intention of helping her. And additionally, Boaz does this less than a day after Ruth's proposal. This guy wasted no time. He sprung into action. And Boaz, in the presence of 10 elders, who would have been difficult to organize in less than 24 hours, which is very impressive, presents the opportunity for this closer relative to do what Boaz wished to do himself. I think it's likely that Boaz probably could have taken the easier road proceeded to redeem Naomi's family without the consultation of the nearer kinsman redeemer. But Boaz throughout the story demonstrates his strong character because Boaz had every intention to do what was right. Now, I think the road to integrity is often the more challenging one. Often we have to make decisions that have less desirable outcome in order to be obedient. Maybe you found yourself in these situations before, and it never really works out when you choose that easier, maybe dishonest route. I'll use an example for myself. I, I personally, I pride myself in my integrity through the time I was in post-secondary and especially because I went to Bible college, how easy it is to cheat in Bible college. Sometimes their assignments are, did you do this? Did you read this book? And your answer is yes. Boom, there's 15% towards your grade. <laughs> but my last semester I would say it was probably my worst academically. I was working full time. I was ready to be done with school after five years. So I found myself underprepared in a class. It was actually Dr. Andrew Evans' class, who many of us know from our church family. And I came across a question on an exam. This was an exam in the last semester of school. And I didn't know the answer. So I gave into the temptation. And on my computer, where I was doing the exam, I pulled up my notes and I looked up the answer. Now, I think I could have gone on and never fessed up, but I know it would have eaten me alive. My last final exam in my last semester at school, and that's when I decided to cheat. So I knew that being honest was going to be difficult 
truly embarrassing. And it could cost me a lot in terms of my grade, but I knew in my heart that I cared enough about my integrity that doing the hard work was necessary. Now, I don't, I'm not saying this because I always choose that path. I think there's probably more times when I didn't choose that path, but I do know that my, it was worth it to choose the choice of integrity because integrity is rarely easy, but it is always the most fulfilling. I wanted to highlight this part of the story because Boaz teaches us a lot about being people of good character. All right, I get it. I left you hanging. Cliffhanger here. So this family redeemer might be ruining the happily ever after story. And I paused here. Let's get back to it. Let's see what's next. So then Boaz, this is verse five, told him, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Then I can't redeem it. The family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. Woohoo! <laughs> the fresh start that we have been rooting for. This other family redeemer couldn't afford to take Ruth as his wife because this would further divide up the inheritance for his own children. So as we read over in the next few verses, we see that uh, the land is sold to Boaz he brings this family and makes them his own. We also read that the elders and all those who were standing at the gate, they blessed Ruth saying that she would be fruitful and have many children with a lasting legacy. I think if the story ended here, we would have a lot to celebrate. God provided that fresh start that Ruth and Naomi were desperate for. They came to this land with nothing and now they have been redeemed. The rags to riches type of story and the reason that they were able to see it all happen is because of their faithfulness. Because faithfulness always returns with blessing. So are you happy with this happily ever after story? Maybe I'll wrap up now. Sometimes we don't get to know the end of the story. Sometimes they just walk off into the sunset. But I think the best part of the book of Ruth is actually found in the happily ever after. Let's read in verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. What an incredibly powerful thing that would have been to say. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And here's the important part. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, who was the grandfather of David. Now, first of all, I, I want to highlight that the vast majority of this story is three people being faithful to one another. Their actions of integrity, faithfulness, loving kindness brought together a very happy ending. Naomi is faithful to Ruth, vice versa. Ruth is faithful to be bold with Boaz, and Boaz is faithful to redeem his family members. But we read in verse 13 that the Lord enabled her to conceive. Now, we don't know 
how Ruth's health was, if she was able to conceive. This could be a miracle right under our nose that the Lord enabled her to conceive. See, here's what I want us to take from that. The faithfulness of man will return blessing, but God's intervention provides miracles. Do you get that? It's true that when we are faithful, we will see blessing, but God is the one who stirs things up. He's the one who makes things happen. He is the miracle maker. The faithfulness of man will return blessing, but God's intervention provides miracles. So we also read that Ruth finds herself now in the very royal lineage, the most royal lineage in history, the lineage of King David, which is also the line of King Jesus. She mothers Obed, who is David's grandfather. You know what that means? Ruth is David's great-grandmother. Anyone with great-grandmothers? I wonder if when David was finished fighting Goliath, he went over to great-grandma Ruth's house for some tea. My grandparents always had licorice all sorts. I doubt Ruth had those. Maybe she always kept a fruit leather in her purse. Anyways, I want to make two points to conclude this amazing Old Testament story. And the first one is that you have a legacy. I feel like this word legacy comes up a lot in our society now, whether it's the legacy of Kobe Bryant or the legacy of Eugene Peterson. I think you determine your legacy by how you live today. Your legacy is determined by your actions. Those who were here when I preached in the summer, you would have heard me mention my grandpa. He was a Baptist minister his whole life. He died when I was young, but every time I meet someone who knows him, describes his legacy as a man who was passionate about scripture and led his church well. I could say the same thing about my own dad. 35 years serving faithfully in a nonprofit, impacting hundreds of lives, and he would never say so. He has a legacy, and I'm thankful to be directly impacted by it. Ruth didn't know her legacy would be finding herself in the royal lineage of Christ, but she was faithful. She was faithful to do what was right. She had integrity, and she found herself incredibly blessed because of it. I think you have a legacy, and I pray that every single person watching strives to have a legacy of faithfulness, integrity, and loving kindness, because you decide your legacy by how you are faithful today. The second thing I want us to take today as we conclude is that faithfulness always returns with blessing. I've said it a few times. Faithfulness always returns with blessing. Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Wow. Ruth was faithful without any promise of prosperity. She was faithful knowing that in her life circumstances, there were no guarantees. Now her sister-in-law Orpah, she went with the guarantee to stay in her homeland where she would at least be comfortable with her own people. But Ruth, with no guarantees, she chooses to be faithful to her God and to Naomi. Fortunately, because Ruth was so faithful, she got way above the guarantee that she thought she had. Sometimes we need to be faithful and be people of integrity, even when the future is unknown. Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, 
due to their faithfulness, were blessed greatly, way beyond the guarantee of their circumstances. And that's the truth that this Proverbs verse shows, that we get more than guaranteed when we are faithful. Maybe you're watching right now and you've just felt the emptiness and you're ready for fullness. You're in need of that refreshing in your life, the fresh start. The hope of this story is that it points us to a kinsman redeemer who has gone before us. Now, if you were reading from the book of Ruth and you flipped 500 pages further after the book of Ruth, you would see a very similar story. Someone came to be a kinsman redeemer, except he did it for all mankind. It's been done for you already. Jesus came to be our kinsman redeemer. When you were lost, when you were in need of refreshing, when you were feeling empty, Jesus came to redeem your story. And it wasn't simple. It wasn't painless. He came to die so that you could be redeemed and experience that redemption now and for eternity. And the greatest gift about our kinsman redeemer is that we just have to be faithful to accept what he freely offers. Wow, what an incredible comfort that is to be redeemed by our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. We just have to accept what he offers freely. Ruth, the one who was redeemed by a kinsman redeemer due to her faithfulness, finds herself in the story of the greatest redeemer, Jesus, our savior. Wow, if that isn't a happy ending, I don't know what is. What an incredible story with a very happy ending. Let me pray. Jesus, I just pray for each person that is tuning in right now. Would you remind them of the sacrifice that you made? Would you remind them that you have something to offer freely as our kinsman redeemer? Jesus, those who are in need of a refreshing, those who are in need to go from emptiness to fullness, would you pursue them? Would you not give up on them? Would you chase them, Jesus? Because all we have to do is accept that gift that you offer freely. I pray that there would be some fresh starts in the days and weeks to come for people. That they would, in life, faith, family, seek to be faithful to you and to those around them. We love you and we trust you. Amen. Now, if you're tuning in online and you feel like you're in need of a fresh start, we want to help walk through that with you. So just go to our website and you can get in touch with any of our pastors and we just want to walk through those things with you. We hope that you took something from this this morning, today, and uh, God bless you. Thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Aldergrove campus meets at Parkside Elementary School Sundays at 1030. Our Abbotsford campus has three services each Sunday, 830, 10, and 1130. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. If you would like to financially support us, you can always give at cscc.ca slash give. See you later.